You're listening to Off the Court, a show dedicated to making you the best version of yourself as an athlete and as a person. I'm Coach Jack, CEO and owner of Close the Gate Hoops. If you want to take your life and game to the next level, this is the podcast for you. Let's get it. What's up, gatekeepers? Back at you with another episode of Off the Court. Here, we're just trying to make you the best possible person and player that you can be and truly trying to show examples of how life and the sport coexist. Today, I'm actually going to be presenting to you with Coach Aaron and Coach Connor, and we're going to be discussing um, one of my favorite concepts and ideas um, of a book about habits, and it's called Atomic Habits. And it's basically about how these tiny, tiny, tiny little decisions have huge alterations in the result of your life and what it looks like. Um, and we'll go through all the steps, but there's basically like a 10 um, part process that they talk about on how these decisions um, truly change your life. And to start out, the first part is um, getting 1% better each day. I'm sure you've heard this um, from a bunch of people, and it may sound like um, some sort of cliche thing that kind of isn't real, um, something that kind of goes in one year and out the other year. But they were explaining it um, in this YouTube video I watched. And if you want to watch the YouTube video, it's called um, Atomic Habits, How to Trick Your Brain into Doing Something Extremely Hard. Um, But it's actually about uh, a book that I actually just bought on Audible. Um, But by getting 1% better each day, if you put that to the exponential form, um, you'd be getting from the start of the year to the end of the year, you'd be getting 38 times better as a person than you were at the beginning of the year which is absolutely nuts. And then if you go over a span of 10 years, that would only multiply even more. Um, And the great example that they use in this video was the cycling team. So there was this professional cycling team. They were one of the worst um, collectively compared to other countries. Um, I can't remember what specific country it was, but they were trying to embody this belief in the 1% getting better each day. And their goal was to win the world cycling championship, whatever um, the specific name is called in five years. And they actually accomplished this in three years, two years um, earlier than they thought they were going to get there by embracing this concept of 1% better each day. And what, um, They're trying to show you as that these tiny little decisions that you think are so dumb that they're spending time on have such a huge impact. And some examples that these cycling teams would do is they spent an entire day testing out pillows to see which one gave them better sleep. And people would look at that and be like, that is a huge waste of time if you're trying to win the championship for your cycling team. Um, But all they were focused on is 1% better each day. That's 1%. Um in terms of sleep, that's going to make them recover faster and be better for when they race. Another example is what they spent a whole day trying to figure out what massage gel works best for them in terms of recovery. Again, seems super, super not important, but it had a dramatic alteration in the result in winning the championship. Um, But that also shows the true power of exponential growth. And I'm sure some of you older kids know this in terms of if you invest money and things of that nature. But that's something Einstein said all the time. And I really don't think people understand it. And even for me, looking back like six months ago, I can't even believe the things that I was doing compared to now. And that's honestly, I kind of been embracing this type of 1% better each day without even knowing it with close the gate. Just all I've been caring about is personal growth and how I can make others around me better. Um, and that as a result has brought brought things that I never actually would have thought possible. Like I would have never thought that I'd be holding CTG meetings every week with three of my other best buddies. Um, and we're trying to figure out how we can impact more lives. Like 
that's not something I would have seen if I didn't just try and focus on getting better each day. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to add in terms of examples of some ways that you've had that throughout your life? Yeah. So um, one of my examples, uh, you gatekeepers might think it's funny. I know when I said it on a previous podcast, um, I both I looked up and I saw Aaron and Jack both smiling at me, kind of just giggling like in their brain. But my one of my one percent better each day is when I wake up, I stretch now and I'm like I used to be addicted to caffeine and now I'm drinking less and less of it because of this like stretching habit I'm pursuing after waking up each day. It's almost like it just increases my blood flow and gets my like brain working right in the morning instead of drinking a bunch of caffeine. People look at that. How you get out of bed. Not a big decision. Not, not important at all. But say you step out of bed versus jumping out of bed, in my opinion, that's going to have huge alterations in your life. Think if you woke up in the morning, you jumped out of bed when you woke up. It'd be like the the craziest feeling in the world because you get this energy rush to your brain. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Like these atomic habits, these super, super small habits that no one thinks important have crazy changes in the results of your life. Yeah, uh, I guess an example for me, um, I've started to make myself drink more water. Um, so I kind of, I've made a habit. I, I buy just a bunch of bulk water bottles and I keep them in my room. And every single time I walk upstairs from my room, I grab a new one. And it's just kind of like a little thing that I've trained my brain to do is like I subconsciously, when I'm walking out of my room, I just grab a water bottle and it, and it's trained me to kind of, it, it, I'm a lot more hydrated. I, I don't get as many headaches as I used to or things like that. And I'm kind of just more energetic throughout the day. And it, it's, Again, it it's a small thing, like just grabbing a new water bottle every single time I leave my room, but it actually has a huge, it makes a huge difference, I guess. And I'm going to take credit for drinking water. I got a ton of heat in high school for carrying around a gallon of water, but I stayed hydrated. Uh, 1% better each day mindset. Um, so one of the second biggest takeaways I had from this Atomic Habits is um, they talked about old age mindset and it was like a 25 year study or something like that. Um, talking to people that are entering that old type of age where you start thinking about death and things of that nature. And, um, it, it was just mind boggling stat. It was, you're more likely to live longer if you had a positive mindset about, um, becoming old than if you had a negative mindset and examples of this, like someone with a negative mindset about becoming old would be like, I'm going to die anyways. Nothing really matters. Um, I don't have anything else to do. That's a type of person that was a negative mindset and they were eight years were cut off their life if they had that type of mindset. Um, and an example of someone with going into a positive mindset with old age was I'm going to be able to get so much smarter. Um, I'm going to be able to do all these things. You know what I mean? And they drew this diagram and it was just, it was crazy to see because this type of mindset is called identity. So you have a circle, right? It's identity. Uh, you have a second circle then around identity, which is action. And then a third circle, which is results because their identity was positive. They chose to eat better, to exercise more, to read more books because they wanted, they were excited about becoming old and having more time to do things compared to someone who was negative their actions then were a lot worse. They ate worse because they know they're going to die anyways. They didn't read because it doesn't matter. They're just going to die. Um, and then as a result, the results of the negative people were they lived not as long. And then the results of the positive people is that they lived eight years more. Um, so it's kind of crazy when you think about it, this mindset, it's an identity which leads to action, which leads to results. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, your mind is a lot more powerful than everyone thinks it is. You think you can't really even control your own thoughts, but even when you're able to control your own mindset, it'll change real life actions and change real life things that you do. Um, but I mean, with your old age mindset, it, um, I mean, being old is something that not a lot of people look forward to, but it can be a really valuable time in your life that you can really try to pay attention to what's important. Um, being old is when you are able to, you know, spend a lot of time with your family or spend time doing things you love or with people you love and things like that. And it's a, it's a great time to reflect over your life and be able to talk about what you learned and things like that and make an impact on other people. Like Aaron said, and Jack, majority of people like with an old age mindset, yeah, they are going to be negative about it, you would assume. Um, but what came to my mind was like my grandma, she is the best person in the world. She's, she's awesome. But she is, I don't think she's ever negative around her grandkids. And I just think that's like in better health for her and for all of her extended family. We have dinner at her house. I'm thankful for this. My pretty much my family and like my cousins, aunts and uncles, we have dinner at my grandma's house every Sunday. And every time we're all over there, there's it's never negative. So and we always have just positive like energy there. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you go and eat every single Sunday. That's something I wish I hope in the future that my family does as well. Um, one of the third biggest takeaways that I took away from this video was something called willpower fatigue. And this was kind of mind boggling and eye opening for me, but they, they threw up this chart and back in the old days, there would be these, um, these judges that would basically tell someone if they could get out of jail or not, whether it's based off good behavior is so they said, but they showed this chart and you were seven times more likely to be let out of jail. Um, if you're an, uh, a prison mate, because it was at the beginning of the day, okay? Seven times more likely because it's at the beginning of the day, you're gonna get let out of jail. Before lunch, your chances of getting out of jail were basically zero. So over the span of four hours, there's this thing called willpower fatigue. The judge didn't have any willpower left to basically be kind and let these people out of jail. After the lunch break, it would shoot back up to seven times more likely to let these people out of jail. And same thing happened with dinner. Absolutely insane when you think about it, but this is so true. Um, the more I've thought about it in my daily life, I get everything done right in the morning and then um, my willpower fatigue starts to kick in and I don't, I'm not as productive later on in the day mm -hmm. um, because of this statement. Well, you can kind of almost like when you're getting close to lunchtime, you can kind of like see an end or a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you're like, you see that and you're like, I'm just trying to get there, you know, mm -hmm. and instead of actually trying to, uh, instead of focusing hard on what you're trying to do. And I've noticed that too. Like right when I wake up, I feel like super productive and I like get all these things in my head. I'm like, I'm going to do all this, all this, all this. And I start working on it. And eventually things start to slowly fall off my list. I'm like, okay, I'll just do that tomorrow. <laughs> things like that. Right. Because you're getting closer to lunchtime, but it's a really weird phenomenon, I guess. I don't know. I can just remember like when you, you guys both uh, talked about like just before lunchtime, I can literally remember sitting in Spanish class my senior year and I had fifth hour. <laughs> and you'd sit there and look at the clock until it hit 1217. And then you would sprint out to your car and drive 50 miles per hour to Luke's or to Jimmy John's or something like that. So my biggest takeaway from knowing this, though, obviously, is to um, strategically pr plan when your breaks are. 
right? Don't just wait till lunch or wait till dinner to take your break. What I even told um, Aaron, Connor, and Isaac um, to help them be more productive with CTG work is called 90-minute blocks. You designate that 90 minutes for something super, super specific, and that's all you do for 90 minutes, and then you take a break, and then you can make more blocks. Um, but I think this way, that's one way that we can um, make willpower fatigue um, less effective because honestly, that that's probably what most people struggle with in terms of procrastination as well is because mm -hmm. of that willpower fatigue. Mm -hmm. The fourth biggest takeaway for me from Atomic Habits was, and this is probably easily the biggest one, and we need to do a separate episode on this because it's such a huge deal. And that's the word priority turning into priorities. Okay, back in the day, it just used to be priority. Then all these um, big CEO, business guys, super successful people turn the word into priorities, thinking that there's more than one priority. Um, and this is a problem that I struggle with so, so much is I, um, I don't do a good job of literally just picking one, two or three priorities. I, I, I think I have way too many priorities and that's why most people struggle with and become overwhelmed and actually get too stressed about things is because they don't actually know how to figure out their priorities. And Warren Buffett has this thing called 25 and five, and he was interviewing someone to work for him. And I'm hoping most of you know who Warren Buffett is. He's the most successful um, business investor of all time. Um, but he asked this person, this worker to write down 25 priorities that they want to accomplish throughout their life. Okay. And then he asked them to circle the first five and he goes, what are you going to do with uh, the other 20 that aren't circle? And the workers answer, I'm going to do it um, after dinner or something late at night when I have extra time. And he goes, that right there is your problem. You should forget about the other 20 priorities because you didn't have them in your top five. You shouldn't be doing any of them. We can't try and chase two rabbits at the same time. If you try and chase two rabbits, you're going to catch none. Mastery um, and knowing what you need to work on is such a huge, huge deal. So try to focus on just a priority. And I've been doing this too. I'll write down on a piece of paper what I have to do each day. And it's just one or two or three things, right? But I only have that piece of paper, so I can't write more things, um, which I think is such a huge deal and I need to do better at. So try not to have a lot of priorities. Just narrow down on a couple things. That's that's like all you need to do and what you want to accomplish. And that's what you should be working for. So to go along with priority into priorities, um, when I first started working with um, for Jack and doing like business and the marketing side of CTG, I never heard of this concept until he told me this. The first week I started working is um, for like the tasks he wanted me to do, he would write down P1, P2, P3, those P1 tasks, you got to get done at the end of the week. So yep. I thought that was a good concept. Um, yeah, I think that's why so many people struggle with time management too, just not knowing what the priorities are. Cause they just, they see a giant list of things they need to do and it freaks them out. And then, mm -hmm. you know, cause, cause, and it goes along with like, if you're trying to meet like a long-term goal, you know, you see a long-term goal and it seems so far away or it seems like there's so many steps in between them in between where you are now and that long-term goal. And it's like, you know, get yourself 1% better every single time. And, and it'll, it'll, it, you'll get to that goal. It's a, it's a process. It's not just an overnight thing most of the time. So and uh, like when you write down those five things that you want to get out of life, um, like Warren Buffett said, when you're doing things throughout your day, ask yourself, is this helping with any of those five things? 
Because if you're doing something that isn't any of those five things, then it's not a priority, obviously. And you're not being as efficient as you could be with your time. The fifth thing I took away from Atomic Habits was reminder, routine, and reward. So it's this constant cycle of making habits. So an example of a reminder um, could be your phone buzzing, right? So we have our phone buzz and then we have a routine after our phone buzzes because that's our reminder, all right? And most of us right now, when we see our phone buzz, we pick it up right away, right? And then it sends sends us down this uh, crazy path that has nothing related to what we should do and we actually end up wasting time. And our reward because of it could be more dopamine, right? We're in a better mood because... Um, we're not doing things that we should be, and you'd rather be on your phone than, say, work on homework. Um, but your reward also, as a result, could be negative effects, right? You're wasting time. Um, another example of this could be smoking. Um, yes, smoking is a terrible habit, but the rewards to it are why people continue to do the habits, which could be social interaction, right? You can smoke with your buddies, so you can... Um, socially interact with more of your friends or another social is the dopamine hit when you smoke and the, the psycho or the physiological things that come around with smoking. Um, so it's basically hacking this system of reminder routine and reward. And this was crazy when he was telling me you should use triggers to your advantage to build new habits. And the example he used, Connor, you talk about you drink coffee all the time, even though you said you're trying to get away from it. Um, when you make your cup of coffee in the morning, meditate for 60 seconds. Okay, and so now you have this reminder, which creates a routine and then re the reward of meditating. What I'll, even I struggle with this. I still to this day, I talk to my gatekeepers all the time about meditating. I can't get myself to do it every day. I will do it, okay, but not consistently enough as I should be. Um, using this, I guarantee I'll be able to build that habit because I, when I do this, I know I should be meditating, right? I'm using two things to fuse together that is already a habit. And then I'm creating the routine of the meditation and then the rewards of meditation, which are endless, um, both on and off the court. But using this type of cycle is one way you can kind of hack the system of making a new habit. The sixth thing I took away from Atomic Habits is um, a new habit can be started in under two minutes. This is the difference between someone who's extremely productive throughout the day and is always growing constantly compared to someone who's not very productive and struggling to grow in terms of personal development. Um, and that is not understanding when you have motivation. The highest um, point of motivation that you have is at the start of you doing a new habit, not before. People think motivation becomes before doing something. It's not, that's not how it works. It actually is when you start something. So an example of this could be you want to go out and run, right? All you have to do is tie your shoes on, open the door and lock the door. Okay. And you're going to be way more motivated than if you thought about running before that and you didn't force yourself to do that first two minutes. Um, and it's basically hacking this system of um, when you're at the peak of motivation to actually do something, which is when you're starting it. That first two minutes of the new habit, when you start it, that's when you're actually going to follow through with it. Because now that you're out the door and you've already started your two minutes, well, you're going to be like, all right, you know, I should go for a run now. Um, but I'm going to actually start using this system as well is that you can build habits in under two minutes and they're not as hard to make as you think they are. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to add to that or? That's, that's a super cool thing. Like, I mean, it, another cool example I could think of that is if you want to start eating healthier rather than thinking, I got to start eating healthier and you're not going to have a lot of motivation because you're going to want to eat whatever you want. If you literally go out and buy things uh -huh. to make yourself eat healthier, you buy all the ingredients you need to make uh, something 
you're gonna you're gonna end up using them and you're gonna end up doing it because um you're not gonna just let those groceries sit there but um you know it it's once you actually go out to the grocery store and buy those things that's when the motivation starts and that's when you can actually get into it and it's that's a that's an insanely cool concept that i didn't know so that's that actually transitioned perfectly into something called design a lazy environment so right we're we're designed as humans to make lazy choices make the easy choice always take the easy way out um so you should design your environment for those lazy choices but to actually benefit yourself so an example this guy gave in the video was um someone loves eating popcorn at night um saying they're watching tv they love to eat popcorn so this dude puts his popcorn in the attic on the top shelf he's got to get a ladder to go get it and that's where his popcorn is so obviously when you're in bed you don't want to take five minutes to go get that popcorn in the attic and take your ladder up um so you can design these lazy environments to easily build new habits to where the easy way out is actually the good choice. And this is something I talk to my mom with all the time. And But when I live by myself, I plan on creating an environment where I actually eat very good for myself. The problem here at home is we got so much not very good food just sitting in front of my face. It's so hard not to make that choice to eat it. I'm going to design an environment where I will easily make good choices. And it's not going to be hard for me to contemplate Um what to make yeah i have a terrible habit right now of like eating out like going out and buying food (laughs) so i like and it's and it's because i don't i don't go to the grocery store and buy myself food to make you know and it's because i never think i have anything around the house to make um but if i if i truly did that i would much more likely try to make something at home than get in my car and drive somewhere so that's that's Maybe I'll have to implement that into my own life. That's a that's a cool concept. Yeah, environment has a huge part to play in the choices you make and basically how you evolve as a person. The seventh biggest takeaway I had from Atomic Habits um, was intention. And this goes along with kind of affirmations that I talked with in Miracle Morning, that episode that you like a lot, Aaron, um, is they did this study with um, people that ha- don't work out a lot. Okay, so they took th- three groups of people. The first group was told that they should go work out. Okay. The second group was given a motivational video and then told to go work out. The third group had to write down, I'm going to work out on this day at this time, um, at this place. Okay. And you were, I think it was four times more likely to work out with the intention group than it was to be told or to be motivated to do it. So physically writing down um, what you're going to do makes you way more likely to follow through. And this is also something I want to make a separate episode on too is plans. Plans are so big in all facets of life um, to force you to do what you want to accomplish. Um, And like the affirmations that I would talk about in the Miracle Morning, um, adapt and overcome, adapt and overcome. You're You're way more likely to encounter a conflict and then be able to adapt and overcome it because you physically wrote it down and you told yourself that you're going to do that. So your intention is also key to building new habits as well. One example I have of intention is like when I wake up, I also write down what I'm going to do for that day in terms of if it's CTG or school. And that definitely, once I started doing that, I definitely was more productive with CTG in school. So I think that's a great concept as well. That's good. And then when you're doing that, go along with the Warren Buffett 25 and 5. Don't just write down a million things that you're going to do all day because, or like, don't don't try to 
I mean, you, you want to try to push your limits, but don't, don't try to bog yourself down with all of this different things that you need to do, right? You got you to gotta prioritize things. And, and, and you can always add more. Mm-hmm. Like you get done with them, then you add more. You don't need to do all of them at once. Yes. The eighth biggest takeaway I had from Atomic Habits was um, Keystone Habits. And I actually did this as a presentation in Miles' class. Um, my senior year was learning about Keystone, and I, I was always fascinated with it. But they're basically these um, habits that affect your uh, other habits as well. So it's kind of like a domino effect thing. So you choose to build these habits because it's gonna make you way better at these other habits. And a perfect example is working out. When you work out, you're obviously your energy levels are gonna be better, you're gonna feel better about yourself, your mood's gonna be better, and you're gonna make healthier choices. You're not gonna get done working out and then go to Dunkin' Donuts and grab a few donuts because you're gonna be like, I don't wanna waste my workout that I just had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an example of a keystone habit because it trickles down into all these other decisions um, in working out. Is there um, any keystone habits you guys can think of that's not working out that you could... Uh, relate to in terms of a domino effect with your decisions? Uh, I think one keystone habit of mine is waking up and stretching every day. It makes me definitely more productive and efficient throughout the day with um, whatever I have to do for that day. Another one that I actually add is make your bed. And I this is programmed into my brain where I do it every day. Do you guys make your bed? No. Really? I don't, even- I don't even know how long I've been making my bed, but the day I wrote make your bed and... Um, Sam Smith's actually the one that put me on this is I've, I've been making it for probably two or three years now, but you start off your day and make your bed right away. It's, it changes the productiveness of your entire day because you got one thing done right away. Mm-hmm. Like you accomplished something. And I think that's such, that's a perfect example of a keystone habit, super, super small, but affects all these other decisions that you make. Um, very true. That's good. Every atomic habit can be a keystone habit. But most keystone habits are thought of these big general things like working out. That affects a ton of decisions. Um, like making your bed, that's probably a smaller one, but that still could be a keystone habit because it affects other things. Mm-hmm. Understanding keystone habits is one way because if you think you're um, not being great with your personal development and you feel like you could be a better person, starting with keystone habits is a way to go. Big things that could change tons of different decisions. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about that I'm actually implementing today is this chain-like calendar concept that actually Jerry Seinfeld came up with, the comedian, (laughs) um, the creator of Seinfeld, one of the greatest uh, comedies of all time. Um, Someone was asking Jerry Seinfeld how I can be a better comic. And Jerry Seinfeld goes, well, you have to be good at jokes. And he goes, well, how do I do that? And he goes, you have to write a lot of jokes. And he goes, well, how do I do that? And he says, write every single day. And so he tells him to get this calendar, right? So this the, the normal calendar you would think of on a wall right? It's got all the boxes and the dates off. Mm -hmm. And he goes, every single day you write down to become a better comedian, you, you make an X on that calendar. And every day you don't, you don't put an X on that calendar. So then you can see when you're obviously doing this habit and when you're not doing this habit. And you'll notice when you get a chain like effect where you get a ton in a row and he goes, never let that stop. Never let the chain stop once you get it going. Yeah. And I'm going to start implementing this with all my daily habits. I'll write an X once I get them all down. And if I don't do them, then I'm going to leave it. And it's going to visually show me um, what I need to be doing better at, which I think is so smart. That's super cool. Yeah. And it's like it's like our notebook kind of. It's a, it's a little bit of the same, right? Because oh, you can visually see 
what you are doing productively and what you're not doing productively. So it's, sure. it's like a, it's like a cue in your head, I guess, to, to try to get you to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and it's always going to be staring at you too, which I like mm-hmm. put it up on your wall. You can see it. Like, you know, can't escape. Exactly. Um, you guys want to do a quick speed round? Yeah. Connor, we'll do an easy one for you. What's your favorite color? Mm, probably red. Are you kidding me? What's so bad about red? I'm kidding. Red's probably my favorite color now because that's CTG's color. Used to be blue. Your favorite color has always been green. Packers, Bucks. True. All right. I have a question that's a little more uh, into depth, I guess. But the what are your thoughts on the play-in games? Playing with uh, NBA? NBA. So I the 7, 8, 9, and 10 play each other to play concept. in for the 7 and 8 seed. Like one game? So it's like the seven seed and the eight seed play each other. And then the winner of that is the seven seed. And then the nine and 10 seed play each other. The winner of that will play the loser of the seven, eight game. And that will be the eight seed. The winner of that game. Does that make sense? Is LeBron like really mad about it? Yeah. Why? Because, oh my gosh, this made me so mad. Because I love LeBron, but some of the things he says just makes me so mad because everyone's like, oh, Jordan would never say something like that. Like he was like, so like last year LeBron said um that he wanted the playing tournament like he said it was great all for it and then now that he's like close to being in it he said whoever made that should be fired or something like that and it's like dude if you were the one seed right now you wouldn't have said that so wait the Lakers are close to the they're like yeah they're close half game back yep Gee. LeBron might not be in the playoffs. That'd be crazy. Who is your favorite athlete of all time? Aaron Rodgers, hands down. He's the Packers are gonna be so boring to watch. It's not even funny if he leaves. So mm. I'm just gonna soak it in while I can. Mine was definitely Rodgers, and then once Yelich came to the Brewers, it's definitely been Yelich. Really? Interesting. All right. Who is your favorite athlete of all time that was not on a Wisconsin team? Honestly. As a kid growing up, I always got made fun of it. This is why I should never care about what other people think. I was, loved Curry. And then I was forced to not love Curry. Because I really all, like Curry too. All my friends made fun of fun of me for it because I was obsessed with Curry. So I stopped liking him. And now I'm going back and I'm looking at all his highlights. And that dude is insane. He's so good. And he's probably be my... If I had to watch highlights on someone, it would be him for sure probably. So he's probably my favorite all-time player. Right now, currently though, I love Dame a lot too. I love Dame. I don't know if I have an all-time non-Wisconsin favorite athlete, but I'm like kind of stuck in the middle of um, Curry and Clay Thompson. I think I think Clay really? Thompson's super fun to watch. Like I think the best YouTube video I've ever watched in my life is the thirty-six uh, point third quarter where he took how many dribbles? What was it? Like four dribbles or yeah, something like that. Four. I think that's insane. So How about you, Aaron? Non-Wisconsin favorite athlete. Lonzo Ball. Oh, um, he is, you know, he's been showing out lately. He's he he's gotten he had 33 in his last game. Um he had 33 in a game like two games ago too. He's been playing well. But is it his first 30 point game ever. It is, yeah, actually. <laughs> it was his career high. Yeah, he he's gotten two 30 point games like the last two games. Um in all seriousness, no, um, I used to like Lonzo Ball a lot in college, but I haven't really paid too much attention to him in and the NBA. So, do you want to tell the listeners what you said about him? What did I say about him? What's on your Twitter? Uh, Top five all time. 
I said that he would be top five all the time. I said a lot of outlandish things about Lonzo, but guess guess how old he is. He's like 23. There's still time. Lonzo is better than Steph Curry. That's my like Twitter picture. I've never changed it. No, I, I would probably say like in reality, my favorite like NBA player of all time that's not from Wisconsin would be... Um, I've always really liked Chris Paul and I've always really liked Russell Westbrook. Those are two players that I've always really liked. Russell Westbrook's just... I think he's just fun to watch. He plays hard. He's very passionate about he's very underrated um and then chris paul i've always just thought he's one of the smartest players to ever watch some things he's like he's like a player that makes an impact that doesn't always show or you don't always just see it right but you can you can just kind of tell like i mean the suns this year he's on the suns and they're like one of the worst teams in the league this last year and now they're like the one seed in the west so he's an atomic player Yes. Small, small habits, right? But he, he has made a huge impact. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for listening to another episode, Gatekeepers. I thought this was another great one because building habits and becoming obsessed with personal development is honestly one of the things that has helped me the most um, to grow as a person. So thank you for listening, Gatekeepers. Stay tuned for more episodes. We're going to keep feeding you content to become your best self. I'm Coach Jack. We out, baby. Peace.